Live from London, this is The Breakfast Show with James Clark on Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning. It's Wednesday and it's James Clark here with your Wednesday morning breakfast show. This morning I do give a bit of a trigger warning before the start of the show as today we will be focusing around talking about young people's mental health and in particular self-harm. I'll be sharing your stories, experiences and advice when it comes to having a conversation around self-harm in your school. So don't forget to tune in and talk it out on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from London. This is The Breakfast Show with James Clark on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live on the Podbean app or desktop player. Just head over to www.podbean.com slash lsw slash TT Radio or search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Good morning. Welcome. Hope we're all getting through the last few days. Very excited to be back here with the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show and a very special show indeed. Don't forget, though, this is your show, so do tune in, talk it out, let me know your thoughts via Podbeam or Twitter. Hello, good morning, welcome to Teach Talk Radio and the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show, and Good, well, good news and bad news. Uh, good news is that I managed to get it working today. Um, the joys of uh, technology was just not having it last week at all. But we are here today. Unfortunately, I've just realised, having checked my bag when I left this morning super early, that I forgot my charger. Um, so we're going to see how long the battery life will survive. So we may cut this show a little bit shorter today, um, but let's hope that the uh, battery can survive a little bit as we discuss a really important subject. Um, and it often feels, well, I was actually, I say often, I mean, I was thinking about this this morning when I was getting up and getting ready and, and planning this show, which was originally meant to be last week, um, but I couldn't get on because of technical difficulties on my end. And and so I was getting ready for the show and I was thinking, OK, you know, it's all right. And then I suddenly thought, not the most Christmassy or uh, festive of topics that we're discussing. Um, but there's there are plenty uh, of amazing festive related topics and uh, perhaps some more lighthearted topics happening across Teacher Talk Radio this week. But I did want to address something that sort of came up to me um, I say recently, it probably wasn't recent at all. I mean, it's been ongoing for a long time, but it suddenly got brought up and brought back to my attention and gone, actually, wow, this is a really big issue. And that is um, young people's mental health in terms of self-harm and self-harm in schools and a massive increase that that is having across the UK and particularly 
after lockdown. And I'm going to be joined later on today, and I'm very excited by this, by a fantastically special guest who is a head teacher in the school in Guernsey, and they're going to be sharing their views and opinions and advice when it comes to it. And I asked this to lots of you out there about your views or your thoughts around it and lots of you saying and sort of agreeing that actually yes you know what actually this there is a big issue happening and there are um people noticing increased uh, mental health related issues with their young people and self-harm in schools so we're not just talking about self-harm at home or you know perhaps hidden where people might not be aware we're talking about actually young people you know going into school toilets going into classrooms in some cases and self-harming and you just it, it just makes you worry so much particularly with the Christmas season coming up and although it is a fantastic time for those who um, celebrate and those who who don't but just enjoy the Christmas break it is a really um, scary time for lots of young people who perhaps are at home on their own um you know family might be working or just in an environment that isn't the most positive for their mental well-being so we're going to be discussing that today and i will be joined by martin winward um which is a head at st anne's state of guernsey school since 2015 and previously head in the fk which i think is falklands but this could be my really bad um geography so if that's not the case that is definitely my bad geography um but very excited to be welcoming very shortly to the show round about quarter past but we do want to hear your views and um, how have you addressed mental health and self-harm in your school is it something you talk about is it something you, you don't talk about I, someone i spoke to the other day was saying to me well the problem is james we do want to talk about it but by talking about it are we encouraging it I, I don't know, but then if we ignore it, are we not? Uh, I'm just going to read a couple of statistics because who doesn't love statistics first thing on a, on a Wednesday morning? Um, but when looking at the Anne Freud National Centre for Children and Families, and, and they did a sort of a survey with the young minds looking and, and cello at talking about self harm and self harm report, and they say 60% of teachers say they don't feel able to talk about self harm. That's a huge amount. That's an absolutely massive amount. That means over half of the, the teaching staff, and that this conducted in the UK, but I'm sure if we go internationally with this, it would be a similar figure, if not higher. You know, 60% don't feel comfortable about talking about it. So if those people aren't talking about it, well, who is? Um, if you are a form tutor or, or looking after some young people and you are one of those 6% who don't feel comfortable talking about it, well, who are those young people going to turn to? Or do they know who they can turn to? Do they have a relationship with somebody they can turn to? And two in three teachers thought they would see... A, sorry, I apologise. Too early, trying to get words out. Here we go. Two in three teachers thought they would say something wrong, that they would say the wrong thing if someone turned to them. So actually, it's not necessarily people don't want to talk about it. It's people don't know how to talk about it. And 80% of teachers said they want practical advice on how to help and there is a load of advice and i'll just read two of the advice that comes here and we'll discuss this more throughout today's show um but some of the things that they say is don't panic and the worst thing you can do is, is nothing and ignore the self-harm talking about pro problems will not encourage more self-harm uh, make a plan this might be as simple as making enough time to listen or the plan might be to make a referral on but what is important is that you and the young person discuss and ideally agree the plan. And it is quite often just a fear factor, you know. 
whenever we approach a subject that we don't feel comfortable with or we don't know enough knowledge in, it is that kind of, ah, run away, fight or flight kind of mode. And, you know, it's the same on, on a, on a say, smaller scale. I mean, in terms of if you have to teach a subject or you're doing something that you don't know and you suddenly feel really out of your comfort zone or that a new topic that comes up in your subject on the exam board and you're having to, you know, that stress of re-knowing it all. And, you know, it's that same feeling, but here we're just dealing with a much bigger um, issue when it comes to self-harm. And for those wondering what we're referring to when we're talking about self-harm today, I think in my in my sort of definition of it and the context of, of this show is we are talking about anything that might be, you know, physically or or even to an extent emotionally damaging a young person that they're causing to themselves. And we are particularly looking mainly at young people, but no doubt we also, we will talk about adults and um, teachers as well when it comes to that later on in today's show. Now, self-harm might just be quite often what people assume when they hear the word. And when we talk about it in school, you know, lots of children will say, yep, it's to do with cutting or whatever that might be on the arms, wrist, legs, or anywhere on the body. But it might also be punching, you know, punching walls, um, causing damage there to themselves that way, pinching, slapping, hitting, you know, whatever in that sense. But I also, you know, I would argue that, you know, looking in a mirror and saying to yourself, you're worthless, you're useless, all of those things where you're emotionally um, harming yourself is also a form of self-harm. You know, although it might not be a, in a physical sense where you, there's a physical damage, but you are harming yourself by making yourself believe and say those things. But what do you think? Um, please do get involved with the conversation throughout today's show. Um, I know Martin is here and will be joining us very shortly in the next 10 minutes or so. But you can have your conversation and your voice heard. All you need to do is use the Podbeam Live app chat. You know, Let me know what have you done in your school to address self-harm. Have you noticed an increase in your school since lockdown? Or has it always been um, a concern and always been on your radar? Um, and what are you doing to tackle it? Or... You know, are you one of those 60% of teachers who feel they don't, they couldn't talk about self-harm? You know, or are you one of those 80% of teachers that said they wanted practical advice? Let me know. You know, we want to be able to use this uh, conversation today, this show today, to support, to share, and to share best practice, most importantly, to help the young people and support them. Because there might be something that you are doing in your school or your establishment that could really make a difference to somebody else. So let me know. And of course, we've got Twitter. Um, if you are on Twitter, do make sure you join us um, and join in the conversation there at TT Radio 2021. And if you want to be a radio host, there are still always slots available um, throughout the week if you wish to get involved. That does remind me though, to also say, don't forget to tune into the other shows that are happening. Um, so many happening, which is super awesome. And also, we've reached over 10,000 followers, which is... Um, that's pretty credible, right? I think that that's amazing. And there is a whole wealth of subjects and knowledge and pretty much any topic you can ever think about in education appears on Teacher Talk Radio. So do have a look for that. But the focus today is on young people's mental health and talking about self-harm in schools. And, you know, the statistics are just, they're just really, it's going to sound really basic language, but they're really sad. Um, and I do think it is something that we don't talk about enough. So I'm really excited and glad that we are having this conversation today and we are having an open discussion about what we can do and how we can use guidance and how we can most importantly improve the lives and mental well-being of our young people. 
We're going to take a short break here, though, um, just before my guest joins me. And I'm going to play for you your news update and a quick word from our sponsors. Here we go. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, independent schools have been eligible for charity relief on non-domestic business rates. This will end on the 1st of April 2022. Scottish Greens MSP Ross Greer said, Most Scots are appalled when they discover that private schools use their charitable status to avoid paying tax. Ending this tax break is not only the right thing to do, it will also raise much-needed additional funds for our public services. Private schools exist to protect the power and privilege of the wealthiest people in society. As long as they exist, they should be treated just like any other business and pay the appropriate amount of tax. According to a report in the Daily Record, Fetty's College charges over £36,000 a year for boarding and Gordonston over 40,000 to board senior pupils. Despite the change being delayed due to COVID, the Scottish Government have confirmed the date of April the 1st for its removal. Churchwood School in Wembury has been awarded an outstanding report from Ofsted. This preschool is different in that irrespective of the weather, the children are outside exploring the woods. Emma Draper launched the forest school in kindergarten in 2017. She explained, We go outside whatever the weather and we splash in puddles when it rains. That's all they want to do. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Churchwood Forest School scored an outstanding report in each category, including the quality of education, behaviour and attitudes, personal development and leadership and management. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
Good morning and welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio with me, Jane Clark, for your Wednesday morning breakfast show. Great to see some people joining in on the chat there. Do remember to tune in and talk it out with today's theme and discussion all around self-harm in schools. Very shortly, I'm going to be inviting my guests onto the show. And I'll be asking him questions around his advice and words of wisdom when it comes to the topic today. Good morning and welcome. Thank you and I hope you enjoyed your news update there for you this morning. Today is talking about uh, self-harming schools and I did give a bit of a, a trigger warning at the start of the show and I will say it throughout because there will be people joining throughout the morning as you get ready for your dates. Um, if you do start listening and think actually I really would be interested to hear more or find out what happens at the start of the show, well you can do so by finding all our shows either going to ttradio.org looking on our website or indeed searching on the Podbean app, Teachers Talk Radio, or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you'll find us there as well. This morning, though, very shortly, I am going to be inviting Martin onto the show, who's going to be giving his sort of, I say words, wisdom, advice, support, kind of just discussing this topic with me and, and sort of his experiences, particularly as a head teacher, um, dealing with self-harm in schools. And it is a massive issue and there's so many things happening. Um, online uh, that I see about this and, and lots of people asking for advice you know not knowing what to do and not knowing where to go and quite often you know I know that our safeguarding teams I'm sure lots of safeguarding teams um, are in a position where you know they are overwhelmed by it and let's just look at a quick article um, from the conversation before we take this and I'll watch a little bit more with my guests this morning um, there's been a reported spike in young people attending emergency departments for self-harm and suicide during the pandemic. This looks an example in New South Wales for self-harm and suicidal thoughts are reportedly up by 47% before the pandemic. In the year to July, 1920, uh, sorry, July 29th, 2021, there were 8,489 presentations to North South Wales emergency department the self-harm of people aged up to 17. This was up from 6,489 presentations in the year to July 20, uh, so July the 20th, 2020. So you can see how much of a, a national, international, global sort of conversation and issue this is, particularly when we look at it. So how do we tackle it? You know, we go back to those statistics that we had, you know, at the very start, and I will keep repeating those, but I just think it's so important that we're aware that so many, you know, 60% don't feel comfortable, 80% you know, want, say they want practical advice on what to do. So what can we do? That is the question. I'm very excited to be welcoming uh, Martin onto my show very, very shortly, hopefully just coming into the uh, the studio now, if we can call it that, the virtual studio, the online studio. Let's go for that. Um, and I'm going to be asking him uh, some questions about that so martin will join us very very soon for that but if you have any questions or any thoughts please make sure you get your voice heard this is teacher talk radio it's all about tuning in 
and talking out we would love to hear your views um, and you can input those via the podbeam app or indeed get involved in the conversation on twitter uh, martin are you there hi good morning good morning how are you i'm very well thank you very well bank holiday here in alderney oh very nice you got your feet up resting you know all of those lovely <laughs> things not quite but um yeah it's great to join you this morning Thank you so much for being here and joining me. As I say, really do appreciate it. Um, perhaps we can start there before we kind of go into the main part of this conversation and tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, basically your life story in brief. <laughs> oh, wow. Life story in brief. Um, so I kind of landed in Alderney um, six years ago, um, came from the windy climes of the Falkland Islands. So I guess I'm kind of a teacher who was brought up and lived in the UK um and kind of traveled um with my job and uh it's been a privilege being here uh, as i am now in, in a very tiny island um which we'll, we'll come on to i'm sure we'll talk about young people in a second but um yes we're in the channel islands we're the northern isle as we call it uh, so the only channel island really in the channel um we're four miles by a mile and a half we've got a population of uh, nearly two and a half thousand when we're at our uh, Max, and we've got one school um, which caters for children from three to sixteen. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Wow! So it's such a—you must be. Do you see every child <laughs> almost that's ever there? That's impressive. Absolutely. So when you're buying your loaf of bread, pint of milk, yeah. <laughs> um, when you're cycling or you're kind of out on a Sunday, absolutely, all the children are ours, which is wonderful. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. Well, how unique is that? Incredible. And kind of what would be, and now I ask everybody this, what is your dream breakfast? You know, if you could have anything on a Wednesday morning and you click your fingers and it's there, what's it going to be? Well, I, I'm quite a traditionalist, um, being from Lancashire, so it's got to include a cooked breakfast. It's got to be clean um, uh, for Wednesday. It can't be too, can't be too big. It's got to be, you know, your traditional bacon, maybe a sausage, uh, definitely black pudding. Uh, being from Bolton, not far from Bury. Oh yeah. Um, so, but no be no beans. We don't have any beans. Oh, okay. Is that just just a nose of beans flat out ever? Always know to be, and they just kind of spoil the traditional look, don't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's, I mean, to be fair, I'll accept. I've had worse before. I've had people say just porridge, and I think that's just dull. Uh, <laughs> but there we yeah. go. We'll accept a good breakfast. And I mean, let, let's talk now a little bit more about kind of what, what the whole discussion is today. And I mean, what a year it's been for you know, mental health and, and everything to have well being. And you know, how was it, both, I guess, from your point of view, and, you know, how was lockdown on your end? Did you kind of have still have a lockdown or did you still keep going? And how did that impact the mental health kind of, of the young people seeing what was happening everywhere, you know, nationally, internationally? Yeah, I mean, for Alderney, it was quite surreal. I mean, we're, we're, we're 26 miles away from Guernsey, which is our jurisdiction in terms of education. Uh, as I said, we're a very tiny island. Um, we were almost in the almost anticipatory kind of process because even though we didn't go to complete lockdown, um, families and young people here were just kind of looking afar, really, seeing what was happening in Guernsey, uh, Jersey is the wider jurisdiction, and then back in the UK. And I think clearly a lot of our loved ones back in the UK were going through 
um, quite challenging times. So I think for us, it was, yes, we followed those restrictions. Yes, we did have an element of lockdown here in Alderney. Um, so it was really kind of strange. And actually, when COVID did land on the island uh, and we did begin to see cases, and we had to really kind of pull ourselves up uh, and really be responsive. I think then it really started having an impact in in terms of young people and actually recognising actually we're in the same boat here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and did, you know, how has the mental health of your, you know, the young people you're with now and kind of your experiences in education generally, you know, how have you sort of ever approached or kind of had those conversations about mental health with young people? And are you noticing that now it's becoming, you know, there are more cases of people with poor mental health in terms of young people? And do we do we think that's because people are just coming forward and, and openly saying it more or, or is it because we're having more open discussions about it ourselves so people are being more open yeah i mean to take your first point i think certainly the examination groups and having to deal with are the exams going to happen are they not yeah. is it teachers to teacher assessment that brought a, a whole wave of um again anxiety and, and kind of build up uh, particularly looking at teacher assessed levels. So there was almost like a double whammy there. There was the teacher element of managing their expectation and and kind of um, uncertainty, really, but being confident that we knew our children and we knew them well. Young people, again, were they going to get the grades? Were they going to be justified? How do you compare that with years gone by? Is it going to be credible? How do they feel about that? So... That, that was an initial kind of uh, reflection, really, about mental health and, and, and where young people are at. But going back to your wider question, I, I think the pressures that young people are under in, in the day in which we live, where, where we literally, we carry, and as adults, we do the same, we carry our phones as almost as a, an appendage uh, to, to ourselves. And, and actually that, that connectivity comes with quite a huge cost I think um, you know checking in who's contacted me uh, do I need to get back to somebody but then if you take that to different realms I suppose a young person growing up has got all of those pressures but also trying to find their own identity you know where do they fit in not just the school and and the society in which they're being brought up in whether that's a, a big school a big community a small community like ours but the, the pressures are around knowing self and being able to self-regulate and i i think we find that difficult as adults I, I, young people have got that in in space haven't they yeah, no, and it is funny because, I mean, we always talk about, you know, young people's mental health and how we can support them. And, you know, at the same time, lots of the time, it's actually like, actually, you know, lots of adults struggle with this. You know, there are lots of adults that can't do the regulation, don't know the right time to stop talking or to, to carry on talking um, or just generally how to express emotions in a way. And, and we're also now expecting, you know, young people to suddenly be able to do something that adults can't. So yeah, I think there's a learning curve on, on both sides. Um, have you ever noticed, you know, an increase in kind of what have you done when you've had to approach or come up uh, against, I guess, in a way, self-harm in your school yeah, or any of your um, schools? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I think schools are, are fortunate in that they've, they've developed over time good systems and processes within pastoral systems. And I, I understand, you know, the personal 
social education often um, is a backbone to lots of the work that is done around mental health. Um, I mean, locally here, and what do I do when we come across this? So we have a youth worker that we've uh, created a space in school um, so that actually rather than just being at the youth club, two nights a week. Uh, she's actually hosted in the school. She does the admin from school. And we've almost kind of created a, an opportunity of, of almost a drop-in where young mm. people can touch base with her. Uh, to, to me, it's about simple and easy wins. And I think what young people are asking for is an opportunity to express how they feel, um, for it to be low risk. So, you know, nobody's going to go running off and, and kind of telling their story. Um, mm. Connecting with somebody who can empathise and, and, and touch base. And then there's a wider piece, isn't there? I mean, we we work quite closely with um, CAMS. And uh, for first, we've got Guns in Mind, Um both based in Alderney and also in Guernsey. So there are those referral systems when actually a young person needs more specialist help and and actually you know they, they need that kind of um, connectivity there to a wider range of resources. No, absolutely. And I think, it, like you say, it's just it's having those spaces which, which are so important. And I'm just going to refer back to, as I said earlier in the show, these, these statistics that I read out, which I just think are, you know massively uh huge and perhaps i shouldn't be surprised but i do feel surprised you know 60 percent of teachers say they don't feel able to talk about self-harm and 80 percent of teachers said that they wanted more practical advice on how to help now in your mind obviously you know i'm, I'm aware martin you are not in control of education in every school across the world um but in your mind do you think that is quite realistic and if so you know how do we tackle that or do you think that's an exaggeration or pretend you know depends on the locations or kind of do you think there's a realistic representation of it of how things are i i do and and sadly i think that statistic is probably um you know it could probably be even higher i i think teachers clearly come into the profession because they um connect with young people whether that's primary mm. secondary uh they clearly have got a, a very vocational bent around what they what they see the, their kind of career uh, to be and of course we're all trained in our specialisms and and I think as part of that there's, there's a huge expectation both from society and not least uh, parents as well that actually you know because we see the young people probably uh, for the greatest percentage of time um, therefore you know, teachers are expected to be this local parenters, um, being able to pastorally support and and and, and scaffold and support um, those kind of conversations that you said, and and the quite challenging. Um, I think certainly, you know, where it works best is where there's an open dialogue, where staff feel they can come to their leaders and and managers and actually talk quite openly about their their feelings around supporting children with self-harm and, and mental health. I, I think it's about an open conversation and dialogue. Mm, absolutely. And I think it's, it's, it's so, it is difficult. And, and you said something there about kind of constantly having to take on different roles. I mean, I'm very aware that I've only been in education for the last um, four and a bit years now. And, I'm now feeling, you know, suddenly over the last few years, you're having to constantly, particularly teaching and leading on PSHE, you know, I'm constantly having to adapt and change what I do. Like, it's almost like a firefighter profession in a way, because I'm constantly changing, you know, what we're looking at, what we're focusing on, because you're trying to respond to things. You know, 
Is it always like this? <laughs> is this what it's like being a teacher now? I think it's quite frenetic, isn't it? And I think, you know, you talk about, you know, the, the, the delivery personal and social education. I think that is forever changing. Um, I think if you've got young people at the heart of, uh, of that programme study where you're not necessarily delivering topics in isolation, but you're responding to the media, world news, whilst actually delivering the core content absolutely but i think it's about being responsive so you know if if, if there's something that's happened here in alderney that that community wise we're concerned around not least covid then have a conversation you know we 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 talked about um about the environment and about cop 26 and actually i underestimated the huge impact that that was having on young people, particularly teenagers, around their social responsibility and how what, what did they have to bring to, to that discussion. And actually, I think sometimes we forget that young people um, are actually, they're smarter than we give them credit for. You know, they're up to speed, they're following the news, they're, they're soaking up everything that we do as adults, but they're looking at their futures, they're looking at how, what does it mean for their career progression, what does it mean, you know, can they afford to buy a house when they're in the mid-twenties, early thirties, you know, all of those real pressures that we will have felt, actually, I don't know how many times, you know, in terms of that pressure for young people that, you know, it, it is an additional, um, they're living in a very frenetic, very fast-paced world, and Therefore, I think that impacts on their, their mental health. No, absolutely. You know, 100%. And uh, I do feel that pressure. Of, you know, it, it's funny you just said there about, you know, buying a house and so forth in your mid-20s. And it, speaking to the kids at my school, and obviously I'm in a you know, North London city school, and it's funny, their perspective of the world, and they know that I'm in sort of my 20s, 25 and they'll always be a bit like, you know, but sir, you know, why haven't you got a house? You know, why aren't you married? You know, why, why haven't you done this or that? And I've had one in my form yesterday who was like, don't worry, sir. I'm going to find you a nice guy on, on Tinder for you. I'm setting it up. I was like, it's okay. I don't, I don't have to yeah. be. It's kind of that. It is that kind of idea. And I think I was probably the same as a lot of us were when we were in our teenage years of kind of thinking, oh, gosh, you know. You're, you're over 20 you're you're well old you're 30 you're 40 mm -hmm. you must have your life set and actually that can be quite scary I think when you're getting to you know we're doing a lot of career stuff at the moment in what we're teaching and you know lots of kids have no idea what they want to do and you've got that base level uncertainty and anxiety as you said but we're increasing that or adding on to that with all these other new world things that are kind of happening um which I think is gosh how, how do we tackle it you know what what do we do it's you know we've got these safe spaces but you know what other advice would you give or what would you say to you know one of your staff members who perhaps has come across someone who, who is self-harming and feels quite overwhelmed by that experience I, I think what I would always come down to is to 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 just still remain open to be accessible to listen and I think what that young person is is desperately wishing for is to have that ongoing dialogue. Now, I think there's a bit of a health warning there for teachers. I do think within the safeguarding practices within school, you do really need to have somebody who's who's not a supervisor, but have some element of supervision. I think 
to continue along a lonely path with a young person is is a very difficult and dangerous place to be. And I, so I do think there are elements of systems and processes that doesn't put that young person and alienate them in any way, uh, but almost promotes that, that positive dialogue going forward. And of course, you know, we would always advocate open door in a, in a semi um a public place you know you're not you're not doing that in a, in a way that's kind of creating more pressure for you as a, a professional but actually that young person has got easy access can continue that dialogue and and of course as I, I kind of mentioned earlier there is a health warning there that as and when you need to refer to more specialist um camp support that then those systems are there and and schools are well versed in being able to do that and support him uh, that's really important that that early conversation can happen but actually please you know um, do do the right thing and and, and hand over to the professionals when 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 that's necessary yeah and i think it's it's always quite difficult and i know i've been experiencing it's both in and out of, of education where you're working with a young person and you have to remember, and I've done this too many times, that you kind of have to remember, okay, I'm the adult here and I'm the I'm the professional in this field, but this is not my field. And sometimes I need to step back and, yeah. you know, let, and let someone else take control of the situation and not feel, you know, because it can sometimes feel, I think, you know, if you feel you can't help them, it, you sometimes go, well, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just sitting here. I, I can't help them. I can't do anything. Or you sit here thinking nothing's happening and actually lots of things are happening, but it's just not your role to take this any further. And that's quite hard, I think, isn't it? I mean, I've, def- I've definitely felt a little bit like useless, I guess, almost sometimes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think it's all right to say to young people, you know, it's all right to feel what you're feeling. Um, you know, you're expressing it in, in different ways. You're you're clearly d- dealing with whatever it is uh, that, that, that's going on, but, but but that's all right. And actually, it's about it's about them gaining control in in measured ways that actually gives them the confidence to to realize what the situation is and to put in structures and processes and all of those things that you know we talk quite I guess really as teachers isn't it it's easy to say difficult to do you know sleep patterns relationships um you know diet even um what what what, what do we do with our lives? And and actually, you know, one thing that helped me, I think particularly at one point in my life, uh, particularly going through uh, graduate studies, was actually seeing what that future might look like and actually having a visual focal point. And for me, it was a picture of a, a happy place and, and I had it by my computer. And, you know, as I was working away, kept looking at that happy place. And sometimes it's just connecting with young people to find what is it that will will keep them on that kind of focused path of, of positivity and, um, and, and and good, healthy lifestyle. I really like that. I love that idea of a kind of a happy place picture. Um, if you were to put that picture now, what, what would you put as your happy place if you, if you feel comfortable with sort of saying that? Oh, gosh, for me, I've, I've got many pictures. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for me, I'm sat in and I'm looking out at, um, at the sea. And so for me, it would be a combination of um, water, uh, 
woodlands, the great outdoors. Um, so for me, it's the environment. The natural environment is my happy place. And uh, being stuck inside is my not so happy place, which yeah. um, I've been in a few lockdowns and a few kind of 10 days self-isolation. Um, I must say this, actually, while I, I've got the liberty to, to do so. When I was in my last lockdown of 10 days, I ran 165 miles around the house in the garden. Wow. And <laughs> ra raised, raised money for uh, the Alzheimer's, um, for, for dementia. And, and so for me, you know, get in the zone, whatever that is, no matter how bizarre uh, and wacky it, it might seem to other people, but, but just do it. You know, just do these things and, and feel good about yourself for doing it. No, absolutely. And I mean, I could probably barely, well, I don't even think I could run one mile. So I'm, I'm impressed <laughs> by that. But again, you know, amazing things to, to promote and support your mental health. Man, and all of that's really important. Um, we're going to take a, a short musical interlude so we can grab a quick drink um, just for a minute or so. And then are you okay, Martin? Stay on answer. Just a final couple more questions. Cause it's amazing yeah. to speak to you. Absolutely, yeah. Amazing. So we'll take a short interlude here. Um, and thank you for listening to uh, Teach Talk Radio here on Podbean. Don't forget, you can have your voices heard by getting involved in the chat on the Podbean Live app or indeed on Twitter at TT Radio 2021. Shows happening today. I think the morning. But this morning we've been talking all about young people's uh, mental health, particularly focusing on the self harm uh, increase. I guess that's happening or reporting of it happening across schools in the UK, nationally, internationally. You know, it's it's not just an isolated issue at all, and. If you do want to listen back to this show or any of the shows, I highly recommend you go onto Podbeam and search up Teach Talk Radio. Go onto our website, ttradio.org. Go onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. You know, there's no escape from Teach Talk Radio in the best way possible. Um, and perhaps if you aren't already, make sure you're one of our 10,000 followers upwards that are following us now on Twitter, which is amazing. We wanted to share some advice and kind of some, some thoughts about what we can actually do to really help, particularly given statistics that you know 60% of teachers say they don't feel able to talk about it and 80% teachers say they want more practical advice on how to help someone with self-harm and um, I've had the fantastic Martin with me uh, this morning for the last 20 minutes half an hour who's been sharing his views and opinions and also doing a very impressive amount of running around the house in isolation which uh, I am in awe, awe of and I've got a couple more questions which I'm going to be asking Martin 
uh, very shortly before we uh, bring the show to a close uh, later on today. And when we look to kind of the simple things that you can do, I'm going to draw a couple more now from the Anne Freud um, National Centre, Anne Freud National Centre for Children and Families, which is a fantastic website. And there are lots of amazing websites out there to, to look for support. I've used them before, or Young Minds, and there are many, many others as well. So, so do reach out. There is so much online to support you and also support young people. I like this one that they say here, and I'm going to read two before I go back to Martin. It says, stay in the loop. You know, if your local CAMs or social care start to work with a young person, school still has a great deal to offer. It's important for the young person that school and specialist service continue to communicate and work together in the interest of the young person. I think that just really echoes that message that I said just now about, you know, reaching out and finding all of these, these websites is that you are not alone in this. It can feel very isolating. It can feel, you know, like you have to be superhero and, tackle everything and support this young person to the end and, and all of this and of course absolutely will support them but we are not trained in the same way that external agencies we don't have the resources or time that external agencies have but actually we can still work in partnership with them and really make an effective plan and share with someone i i think this is super important as well always speak to colleagues in school you know speak to the local mental health team for advice your local safeguarding protocol um, which we spoke about very briefly um, not long ago with Martin about, you know, really making sure you're following whatever it is that policy is in your school. And, you know, your lo- will mean that you might have to speak, speak to parents or, or carers, depending on the situation, and be clear with the young person why you're doing this and giving them choices about how you might tell parents if that's your position to do so. Obviously, it might not be your role to have those conversations necessarily, and with parents, I know that when I was at school and, and I went through some poor mental health and experiences of self-harm and, and sort of those areas or periods of my life, I guess, episodes of my life or chapters, however you refer to it, you know, I remember them going to my parents or, or talking to people and I was really angry at the time. And I, you know, used to really lash out and be really negative about it because at the time I didn't understand. I wanted to tackle things my own. I wanted to be... The, the big, strong 13, 14 year old that I thought I was, but actually I really need that support. So, but also those dealing with, with those issues need support and needed an outreach. So do remember your peers and those around you to, to help. And although I said two, I'm, I'm going to live and do three, just because I think I've just seen one on this website here, which I think is so important. And I remember um, people saying this to me and, and learning this as well. And it's don't tell them to just stop doing it. You know, self-harm will always be of a great importance to the young person and maybe their only coping mechanism. So just stopping that might be more at risk. Um, sometimes people think it's a really easy thing to be able to say or do to a young person is, OK, just stop now. And that's only going to stop. And you've done your bit. Absolutely not. And again, you know, health warning and um, to, to steal Martin's phrase there, but very, very true. You know, it might not be your place to have those conversations. But if you find yourself in that situation, the worst thing you could do if a young person's disclosing or, or saying that to you is, oh, OK, just stop then. Just just don't do it. Well, it was that easy. <laughs> we wouldn't have the, the huge statistics that we do. Um, I'm going to invite Martin uh, back into the the studio, though, and I'm bring him off mute just to ask him a couple more questions. And before I do let him go, because I am stealing very quickly his uh bank holiday which i'm very sorry about martin um and 
I should I kind of I have for you, Martin, as I'm sure you were just relaxing there by the do you live by the beach? Can you see the sea where you are? Absolutely. I'm probably two minute walk away. Oh, what a and how great is that? And I think you said it earlier. Do you can, do you have to see the sea from your office as well? Um, yes, the school is pretty much out. Well, I, I can see the school from where I am now, and, and that's probably about a minute walk away. So, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're literally on the beach. Um, so, we, we're incredible. We, we're very privileged. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. Do you often just go out just for like go on the beach in, in, during school time with the kids? Or? We, we do. We do sea swimming from year one right through to year 11, um, from May to October. We, we do our. PE lessons sometimes on the beach. Um, yeah, if you think of home and away, and slightly <laughs> bit, co- slightly bit, a bit cooler here. Probably not as cool either. Um, but yeah, we're kind of we're islanders. It is wonderful. Do you say May to October sea swimming? Is it not freezing by the time it gets to October? Well, con- contradictory. So that they're kind of later in the year, the warmer the sea temperature is. Um, so from about May, it's about 14 degrees, uh, and it can get up to about 17, 18 by October. Uh, admittedly, it is getting pretty cold now, <laughs> and I was in at the weekend. I was in at the weekend, and I didn't last too long. No, wow. I've got to say, I mean, it's, it's just amazing when you hear about. It. That's what I love about the show and getting the, the privilege to talk to kind of teachers all over because you just you just realise that there's so much. For- there's so much variation in education, but also the problems, the conversations, all of those things are actually very, very similar. It's just the locations and kind of what might be offered is slightly yeah. different, but we're all facing that same thing. You know, we're all working with young people that have emotions and probably do the same silly things that they do everywhere in the country. Uh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So a couple more questions then for you. So uh, this one here, I, I like this question and I, I think it's always interesting to see what people say. And, so let's imagine there's been a, a reshuffle in the cabinet uh, recently for the UK government. And if you got offered the job of education secretary and you were looking particularly, I'm, I'm sure there's that we could have a, a whole debate around what you do genuinely in the education system. But you're looking at young people's mental health. You know, what would you advise or be making that government do? Oh, gosh. I mean, this is such a good question. Um, and I think every teacher would probably say quite similar. Um, I would definitely have a non-teacher mental health first aider and uh, maybe a youth worker uh, based in the school um, full-time and they, they would interface with people like you and I teaching PSHE, they would support with assemblies, with our student leadership team, uh, they would be at the heart of the school. I think we underestimate the the power and the conversation between non-teachers and our young people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a definitely a low threat level there. There's definitely an opportunity where there's a different connect- connectivity. So I would be saying to our politicians, put more resource around those non-teaching specialists. Just because they're not teachers doesn't mean they're not specialists in their field. Train them up. Mental health first aiders, let's put more money, uh, more money into schools. Absolutely. Um, and talking there briefly about kind of, you know, PSHQ lessons or sort of lessons generally around mental health. Do you ever, do you have those open conversations around sort of self-harm and, and looking after yourself and kind of 
what you can do to support yourself yeah. in those lessons and, and how do you have those conversations? Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, we're, we're all through schools. So those conversations around relationships uh, for a three-year-old and, and coming through infant and junior, it's very different to, to teenagers, as, as you will understand. Um, I, I think a conversation is about a, a frank one. Uh, I think too often uh, in life, you know, we, we skirt around things. I think children need, uh, they need facts. They need to, to, to work with quality resources. Um, I think you talked about young minds earlier. Mm. We, we certainly, uh, as a charity, we support that as a school. So when we had the National Day Wear Yellow, then as teachers and uh, children, we all kind of came out in our glory technicolor, <laughs> uh, and we just ra raised the profile. You know, you know what is self harm? It's a way of somebody expressing how they're hurting, perhaps, or dealing with difficult issues or painful memories, uh, taking control. Um, and actually, as you said earlier, you know have that frank conversation, be open about why that is happening and make it clear that actually, as you said, it's not about, well, don't do that because you're hurting yourself. It's around being upskilled. So I think as teachers, we have a huge responsibility to, to do our homework. Um, you know, we're here to impart knowledge and understanding uh, and to have a shared dialogue. And young people in them lessons and in, in that moment have to feel safe. And I'm sure you do the same with your lessons where you, you frame the whole lesson around confidentiality, around open conversation, to not feel ridiculed, to, to have low stakes. So it's not uh, something where they leave that classroom environment and feel even more vulnerable. So you really do have to kind of carefully uh, craft those lessons to be able to quickly signpost with those young people who may maybe come out to that lesson feeling a little bit worse than when they came in, if I might say that. Yeah. And therefore, you have to have you have to have that early help available for them. So do your homework, is what I would say. Yeah, and I think that idea of you know people who students coming can leave the lesson worse than what they felt when they came in and and that is very true and I think that is something that actually you do have to be mindful of because we have to have these conversations we can't avoid the the topic or we kind of you know whatever that topic might be whether it's mental health sex education relationships any of those things we can't avoid those conversations because young people will just go and find the information themselves and the support out there is if you don't know where to look can be hugely damaging and negative um what kind of resources or places have you gone to? I know we've mentioned a couple there with Young Minds and I was talking about um, Anna Freud earlier as well. Is there any particular ones that you've used or you found really useful as a school to support you when looking at sort of self-harm and, and young people's mental health? Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, we, we certainly use uh, Mind as a, uh, as a good starting point when we have a whole plethora of uh, kind of resources locally. And I think that is for listeners i think that's really key um actually find out in your locality where those easy signpost places are so for, for ourselves we have um a mind center for adults on island but that's not to say we can't access that that same supporting schools so we we have visitors uh, from that center that come in uh, and deliver part of the pshe uh, lessons and entitlements so Find out what your local offer is, 
definitely do your homework around websites and, and resources uh, that are online and make sure the kind of quality. So, for example, you know, the NSPCC uh, do a whole great range of resources. Um, so, again, go, go for, for quality, uh, quality assured resources rather than um, just Google.com. You know, that's important. Uh, and often, you know, you can post them on websites, you can make them available to young people through different forums within school. Um, certainly are student leadership team in school have a, a whole display in the corridor you know where they've got telephone numbers and uh, and go to 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 websites so make it easy make it accessible um don't shy away from it and absolutely lo- locality is really important you know finding what's around you you know who can support you because of course there'll always be very large sort of national amazing support websites but sometimes there are also incredible things happening locally which young people can access that are very much on their doorstep and they can either directly go to or ring or whatever it might be so I, as you said there i think that's super important with that and i think we can just touch very very briefly on one other kind of area of it all and we're not focusing on, on teaching or staff we are focusing on students but just to spend a, a sort of second or, or two on that you know, how have you, do you find in your role as a head teacher, are you supporting um, teachers with their own mental health and, and well-being? Because let us not just assume for one moment that self-harm is just a, a young people related issue. And, you know, it doesn't have, and suddenly you sort of get to the age of 18 and life is great again and roses and all of this kind of stuff. And you never feel low in, in your life again. So how do you support personally you know staff with their own emotions when it comes to their mental health and potentially um, self-harm as well yeah i mean great question and and i think to be effective in the workplace you have to to have something to give don't you we we know that um so for me it's around being a positive role model myself so you know for example i alluded to a few minutes ago about the environment um Get out there, get yourself into to open water if you can, if you like swimming, you know, whatever floats your boat, as it were. So get on the bike, go for a long walk, um, get up early, read a book. Um, so actually, I feel my responsibility as a leader is modelling some of those kind of practices actually in, in in a physical sense, but also let's not shy away. You know, it's around good line management. It's around... Uh, work-life balance and promoting uh, positivity around that, um, almost having that conversation around what are the pressures, where can you relieve those pressures, where can you set realistic, smart timescales. I mean, these, these are all things that are, are quite easy to say but more challenging to do, mm-hmm. particularly in the frenetic, busy term coming up to Christmas. Um, and so what I find for me particularly in my school and and the schools I've worked in is that people align themselves with with people they're comfortable with so you know it could be the line manager it could be uh, a peer um, who they teach in their department or it it could be somebody just who's an old trusted friend who's been been around a bit a bit longer Um, so I think it's about creating a positive culture and environment where people are free to talk free to cry, free to, to run down the corridor and be happy, you know, actually have their own moments. And 
I guess, you know, I am privileged here. We've got a small team um, and an all through school. You know, we wear our heart on our sleeve. The children do likewise. We're kind of connected. And so I think a school that is doing well with positive health, uh, healthy minds and, and, and all the things we discussed today is about that cultural environment of it being a safe place to be who you are. Um, whether you're a head teacher, whether you're a middle leader, uh, just starting off in the profession, just be who you are. And, and um, you know, I would hope in all schools there are people that people can connect with um, and have them conversations. Absolutely. And yeah, incredibly. And what what a way, I think, to sort of bring the conversation today to a, to a close for yourself and me. But, you know, some amazing words of wisdom there and sort of thought process. And I think if I gain anything from, from this kind of conversation, it is the highlight is to really just create those open, safe spaces. And, you know, don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't worry about being one of those, you know, six teachers who feel they can't talk about self-harm or 80% who say they want practical advice because there is so much out there, but just create that culture where you can do that. And I love a good cry. <laughs> it always helps when you can. So <laughs> I, I'd have read that one. Um, thank you so much, Martin, for, for spending your time and your bank holiday with me. I really, really appreciate that. Um, where can people sort of reach out to you to find out more? And I know you're very active on social media and things. Yeah, by, by all means. Um, so, head teacher at, at Alderney. Um, just Google us. Um, one school, one island. Uh, if you if you Google Alderney, you'll find the school. Um, certainly, um, our website. Uh, in fact, our website launches today. Um, so, look us up uh, online later on. Um, Alderney Sometimes School. Amazing, and thank you so much for everything you're doing. Um, are you going swimming today, or has it all stopped now? Well, because you've actually put that kind of challenge in my head, um, listeners, I'm going to do that today. Um, it's cold out there. It's a little bit breezy. But you know what? I'm going to do that today. That is my positive go-to mental health start of the day. I'm going to get in there. I can't say I'm jealous for that one. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Martin. Have an amazing rest of the day. And I look forward to uh, seeing more about your swim online. I'm expecting to see it on Twitter later. <laughs> I'm going to post you a picture. That's it. All the best. Thank you, Martin. Bye. Bye now. There we go, everybody. That was the fantastic uh, Martin Winward on the Wednesday Morning Breakfast Show with me. We've been chatting all about mental health and self-harm within young people in schools. It's coming up to about six minutes past eight if you're listening live. How are you starting your day? Anybody else going for a little swim? The thought of going swimming right now is sending shivers down my spine. <laughs> Thank you.
welcome back and thank you for listening um that was the incredible martin win award we just had there and really recommend looking listening back to the show it was super super interesting and of course we still got a little bit of time left on today's show which amazingly uh, i'm very happy my battery has so far survived and um, we're on started on 36 percent we're now on 24 percent so we'll keep going um but i would really love to know more and, and keep this conversation going around sort of well-being and mental health of young people in particular looking at self-harm a conversation and topic that so many of you and so many people across uh, the uk and internationally don't feel comfortable talking about you know i said it about 50 times today and i will say it again you know six percent of teachers say they don't feel able to talk about it and you know if we are one of those six percent or you are listening to actually i'm one of those six percent where i wouldn't even know how to start that conversation about self-harm i wouldn't even know what to do well there is so much out there. there's so many incredible um knowledge and, and resources and places you can go to to find out more um and i can spend a long time listing them all and there are loads but i will go back to what martin said earlier and that is finding your own local sort of connections i think it's just as important as going to the big uh, national or international um uh, companies as well and charities sorry it's the correct word there um, or finding your local branch of that. So if you are approaching Minds, who have some um, wonderful resources online on how to start those conversations, you know, is there a local branch of Mind that you can approach and they can come in and they can share the wisdom direct from them to your staff or, or, or indeed directly to the students? So do have a look for that. And of course, you can listen back to this show and listen to the uh, amazing advice that not me, I, I just waffle on, but uh, Martin has given out. Um, so do have a look at that. Go on to Podbean and search Teach Talk Radio. Look on our website, ttradio.org. Go on to Twitter um, at ttradio2021 or find us by searching Teach Talk Radio on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. All good streaming services. Let's go for that. <laughs> All good streaming services you can find us. Um, but do have a look and do reach out. And, and Martin there has put his direct email. So if you wish to contact as well, headteacher at aldney.school.sch.gg. Uh, um, and super interesting to hear about, uh, and I'm going to have to go back to Martin on this one, just his general kind of life as a head teacher in, a, in an island school, you know, where you basically can't escape without seeing your students all the time. But what an amazing culture I must imagine that has potential for and opens up in terms of supporting young people and really getting to um, the heart of it all. So really important conversations today and obviously important conversations happening across the uh, Teach Talk Radio with the amazing lineup of hosts that we have here. Um, I think I've been here now, I was thinking about the other day, about six months or maybe it's five, it feels a long time. I was quite shocked how long, long it's been. Um, but if you want to get involved, then please do reach out to us. Um, best way to do that is through Twitter, um, at TT Radio 2021 and let us know if you would like to become uh, a host. There are still some slots uh, happening as teachers um, come and go on the channel and also um, perhaps you've got a, an important topic that you would like to discuss or talk about. So if you would like to be on the show, um, maybe not hosting a show, but talking about an issue or an event or something that's important to you, then do reach out to us and we'd love to have you on one of our shows. Coming to a close though and looking at, you know, well-being and, and everything we've talked about today and, and, and self-harm, you know, I've, I've got on my desk these the fantastic um, cards and I'm just trying to find them now actually. Where are they? Oh, here they are. And I got these free from, um, they were giving them away at one point on a, on a kind of launch of a charity 
And they're all about things you can kind of do when you find yourself in that mindset of, of kind of wanting to potentially harm yourself and distract yourself or comfort yourself. And I, I can't for life me find the, uh, the name of it, of the company. Um, and it also has, you know, a direct link of all the helpful resources and places you can go to and websites. And that's super important as well, because not every young person is going to want to come forward and say, oh, I need help or I need support. You know, actually, you need to have it out there and on boards or wherever it might be so they can see it and they can go to it when they feel comfortable, when they feel able. They might not want to have those conversations um, directly with you. But I'm just going to read out a couple of these from the cards which they recommend. And I think this is just great. Um, so the one minute task here, you know, practice mindfulness, focus on one task, pay attention to sights, scents and sounds surrounding you, focus on the task for as long as you can. And you say to yourself, you know, just one minute. You just spent 60 seconds of your day just sat there. And I've done it with my form quite often in drama lessons and things when they've come in crazy because something comes up break time or, or it's windy or it's, or it's rainy and all of this kind of stuff. Just actually going, do you know what? We're just going to sit in silence for a minute. Not because you're in trouble, not because you're being told off, but just because actually I just want us all to have a moment where we can collect ourselves again. And it does make a huge difference. Um, a distraction task here, you know, how many superheroes can you name? You know, just having a conversation about something different, distracting your mind away from that. Um, can you make a memory box of special events in your life? Um, can you find your favourite pillows and blankets and wrap yourself up, feel the softness and get comfy? I mean, I would love to have my favourite pillow and blanket in my office. <laughs> I don't think I would ever leave it, though. Um, and, and a couple more here, because I know that lots of people will be listening to the show thinking, actually, or what can I do, or how can I support a young person, or what do I say? Well, actually, just being like, oh, you know, it's great that we've had this conversation, and you would obviously go and re report that to your like, safeguarding team, but actually, you just being there and talking to that young person, and, you know, talking about superheroes afterwards, you know, distracting them, having an, a place where they feel safe, and most importantly, listened to and important. Um, how many songs can you name, starting with the letter H? Try and go for a walk. You know, quietly say three positive things about something that matters and repeat them as many times as you like. So many more here. Um, let's get one or two more. How many Disney characters can you name in a minute? And um, Can you name as many songs as you can in your playlist? Count backwards in nines from 413. Now, I actually do something similar to that, not uh, for well-being purposes, but to help you sleep because I find that really helps doing kind of counting. I do this <laughs> sound really silly but it generally helps counting sheep and jumping over fences. <laughs> I do that in my head. But, you know, what works for you might not work for somebody else, but actually we've got to try those things first. And that's the most important thing is, is having those things up our sleeve that we can talk to young people directly about. Now, before I wrap up today's show and bring it to a close as we, we come to the end of it, I'm just going to play you one last time a short message from our sponsors and your daily news updates here on Teachers Talk Radio. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Colin's Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram 
or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, independent schools have been eligible for charity relief on non-domestic business rates. This will end on the 1st of April 2022. Scottish Greens MSP Ross Greer said, Most Scots are appalled when they discover that private schools use their charitable status to avoid paying tax. Ending this tax break is not only the right thing to do, it will also raise much-needed additional funds for our public services. Private schools exist to protect the power and privilege of the wealthiest people in society. As long as they exist, they should be treated just like any other business and pay the appropriate amount of tax. According to a report in the Daily Record, Betty's College charges over £36,000 a year for boarding and Gordonston over 40,000 to board senior pupils. Despite the change being delayed due to COVID, the Scottish Government have confirmed the date of April the 1st for its removal. Churchwood School in Wembury has been awarded an outstanding report from Ofsted. This preschool is different in that irrespective of the weather, the children are outside exploring the woods. Emma Draper launched the forest school in kindergarten in 2017. She explained, We go outside whatever the weather and we splash in puddles when it rains. That's all they want to do. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Churchwood Forest School scored an outstanding report in each category, including the quality of education, behaviour and attitudes, personal development and leadership and management. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glay. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This week we're going to look at one of the simplest, freely available, yet least used browser technologies, the Reader View. Chrome versus Edge, let the battle commence. On screen one, I have Microsoft Edge, weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. On screen two, I have Google Chrome, also weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. Round one, opening Reader View. 
On the Edge browser, the Immersive Reader feature is built in and can be activated by a button on the address bar. By typing read followed by a colon in front of a URL and also you can simply press F9. Before you can open Reader View in Chrome, you have to install it as an extension. It's free and not difficult. Once installed, you'll find it in extensions located to the right of the address bar. One point to Immersive Reader. Round two, Features. Both come out fighting with the Read Aloud feature that allows the user to adjust the read speed, skip forward and back, and change the voice that is reading. They both also highlight the word being read. Chrome Reader has a volume control, which is a nice touch if not using headphones. One point, Chrome Reader. Round three, Readability. A big feature for Reader Views is the ability to change the formatting to suit the user. Both allow easy changing of font size, font and text width on the screen, but they differ in background colour features. Here is where Immersive Reader offers quite a bit more. Chrome Reader offers 8 background slash contrast colours, 4 light and 4 dark. Immersive Reader provides 23 background options, green, pink, yellow and blue included, allowing pupils with visual needs to find a comfortable colour. One point, Immersive Reader. Round 4, Editing. Chrome Reader features a design mode. This allows you to highlight text and make changes. Quite useful if wanting to pick out key points to return to. Immersive Reader does not have this feature. One point Chrome Reader. Round five, extra features. Immersive Reader has a grammar feature, allowing words to be split into syllables. You can highlight nouns, verbs, adjectives, and adverbs by flicking switches. This feature is not offered on Chrome Reader. One point Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader also offers reading preferences, featuring line focus of five, three, or one line, locking out the rest of the page. There's a picture dictionary, allowing some words to change the pointer to a magic wand that reveals a picture depicting it. Also, there's a translation feature allowing partial or full translation of a page into 88 different languages at the click of a button. Chrome Reader does not offer these features, however, other free products such as Google Translate could be used. Immersive Reader takes the point because you don't need to leave the page. Final score! Winning with 4 points to 2 after a blistering final round is Microsoft Immersive Reader, but let's face it, most people don't know these things exist. If you were one of them, please do something about it. See if these features are installed in your school, and if not, request they are. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. There we go. That was your news update and your tech update. And a small word from our sponsors as well. Do you know what? I do enjoy this new tech update. It's very dramatic. <laughs> I approve. I approve. Well, there we go. We're into our final sort of five minutes or so now of our Wednesday morning breakfast show. Here on Teacher Talk Radio with me, James Clark, live from North London. Now, you might have heard <laughs> one of my uh, colleagues coming into my office to say... The time is about 21 minutes past 8 if you're listening live. And how are you spending your day? Have you got your final few lessons? Are you on holiday already? Only one and a half days to go for me. Not that I'm counting, but... uh... (laughs) One and a half days to go. Uh, and good morning, and thank you so much for listening. Just to kind of end and do a quick sort of 
five minute roundup then of the show today and don't forget that if you have just joined joined us tuned in is that was a mix between the two if you have just joined us don't forget that you can listen back to all of our shows uh, here on tt radio by going to ttradio.org searching us on podbean spotify or apple Podcasts. just search teachers talk radio and you'll find all of the shows there and that you catch up on and they are all 100 worth catching up on and uh, if you're not sure which ones to pick then if you go on ttradio.org you'll see the highlights there have been picked each week of suggested shows to listen back to. So start there and, and see where it takes you. Um, and don't forget that I'm here every Wednesday um, here for The Breakfast Show. Um, so always welcoming new guests onto my show. So look out for requests for guests or get in touch with us if you want to be involved. Today was about self-harm and working with young people and, and their mental health and the conversations we had there and, and how do we have those conversations and what do we do. And I think the key message for me that's come through from my fantastic guest, um, Martin, and also from my own experiences as well, is just creating that safe and open space. And there is no one size fits all, you know, one method that is absolutely right at all, because you know, nothing, you know, in the world really has one thing only that works and that's it. There are always alternatives to things and having those alternative provisions is super important. Not every young person is going to want to speak to somebody, you know, but actually having a phone number or a text service available for their local uh, mental health charity is going to really help them. If You know, having up on a board so they don't have to speak to anybody about it, you know, ensuring that these resources are available and lessons so they can turn to them and look to them and support them that way. You know, all of those things, super, super important. But also reaching out and getting that professional help is also important. You know, that is vital and not feeling like as teachers we have to be the sole superhero of the day and, and tackle every emotion and, and tackle every um, feeling and, and all of that and be like, actually, it's just down to me to handle because it's not, you know, there are some incredible people out there and, and support services out there for young people and adults. Um, you know, the focus today has been young people, but let's not forget that, you know, mental health and self-harm is not just an under 18 only issue. You know, it can happen to anybody at any age. So everybody needs that support. So do listen back and do find out locally what's happening and do sort of have a bit of a review yourself in your own school, in your own setting and think, are we doing the best thing that we possibly can to support our young people who might experience um, mental health problems or, or self-harm related issues? And challenge yourself to ask those really difficult questions because it is challenging. You know, it, it's not easy. But actually, if you can't answer them and you are, and I was the final time I will say this, I promise, but you are one of these 60% of teachers who said they don't feel they can be able to talk about self-harm or one of these 80% of teachers that said they want practical advice on how to help. You know, don't just be that statistic. Actively go out, reach out and look for where you can perhaps then be that 40% of people who do know how to talk about self-harm or the 20% who actually want practical advice, maybe, but actually already have a sound knowledge of what they would do and how they would support those people. Just to say a massive thank you, though, uh, as we come to the end of the show, for listening to me today on Teach Talk Radio. Do make sure you tune in and talk it out on all our conversations online 
And you can reach out to me personally if you want to get more involved um, in one of my shows by going on to at Jamclar, J-A-M-C-L-A-R 96. But the best place to reach out to us and find out all the amazing information, including sometimes some giveaways. So you definitely want to be on our Twitter for that is to go and contact us through at ttradio.org or at ttradio2021. That was our website. They are. It was going so well. <laughs> and I mucked up at the end. There we go. ttradio.org or at ttradio2021. 10,000 of you are already following us. Can we get 11,000 before the end of the year? Who knows? We've got two weeks. Why not? Thank you very much to Martin. Thank you very much to everybody that's listened to my show today and listening to it back on one of the channels. I hope you have a fantastic um, festive season. If I don't hear you slash see you before um, and look after yourself, enjoy what might be for lots of people in the UK, their final week um, in school. I hope it is wonderful, safe and have a great time. Thank you, everybody. And that's it for me on the Wednesday morning breakfast show. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.